who is the divine father the infinite one the infinite father i had a request to do this video to do this episode of the podcast and i wanted to make sure that we dig into this idea of the divine family even deeper because it's come to my attention that there's a lot of people a lot of people in a lot of different faith traditions uh, that really don't understand this and uh, to realize that this has kind of been uh, wiped clean off the slate of a lot of different faith traditions uh, is a startling thing to realize but once you start to understand the divine family who Christ is who this light of the world is and who the divine father and the divine mother is this will change your life uh in my opinion it has changed my life and it's been a very very enlightening thing for me so welcome you guys to the cub cooker supernatural podcast my name is cub cooker uh my real name is jacob but my friends call me cub and you should call me cub too so welcome to the community we are a community of people seeking love, light, oneness, and enlightenment in its truest source. And we look through all different faith traditions for that. Everyone is welcome here. It doesn't matter what race, uh, religion, orientation you are. As long as you're willing to interact in love and light with others, you are welcome and encouraged to be here. So uh, resilient one says, absolutely. Thank you very much. Uh, appreciate you guys being here. Taylor, what is up? How are you doing? Darth Vader is in the house this morning. Bonnie is here. Welcome. Teddy. Thank you for joining. Uh, Linded, Welcome. Uh, Brack. Thanks for being here. Riding with Jesus. Awesome. Awesome name. Uh, Mateo. Thanks for being here. Cajun. What is up? How are you doing? Love is a Polaroid. Welcome. Morpheus. Welcome. Billy. Welcome. As we get some people in the house here, uh, I'm going to talk about this idea of a divine family. And I created this image here because what we're going to be getting into over the next few weeks and even months is we're going to really start looking at that divine family. Now, this is not a commentary on po politics or, uh, you know, the modern family or anything like that. This is a commentary on the spiritual family. Uh, and the fact that we have washed out the divine feminine out of a lot of our modern faith traditions. Uh, specifically, if you go into any westernized church here in the U.S., you're going to find a major lack of the feminine influence within your spiritual understanding. Uh, and that's a problem, especially for the ladies in the audience, because it creates this uh, divinely masculine landscape that we have to interact in when a lot of us including myself have a a big feminine side to them a creative side a loving side uh, a nurturing side um, and while um, I may not show that a lot in person that's really where the deep well of me is is in that divine feminine in that area of my life uh, that wants love light encouragement uh, validation, all of these things, and protection, really. Uh, and so I have this really feminine side to me, um, and I'm putting it all out on the table there for you guys today. So uh, thank you for um, for understanding that I want to open up more on this podcast, and I want to just really be candid with you guys about uh, what I struggle with. Today I was struggling with like this really masculine 
<clears throat> excuse me, well, allergies for one thing, but this really masculine like urge to like control everything and we've got to do this, we've got to make this thing happen. And I really think that life is about those ebbs and flows. We're all going to have those urges at some point to like, we got to step in, we got to make it happen. Let's manifest that thing. Let's do all the work we can towards it. And then there's times when we need to sit back, we need to receive, we need to wait, we need to prepare, and we need to nurture what we're doing into existence rather than pushing that manifestation. So really, really interesting stuff here. And I promise you guys, uh, if you have an open mind with what I'm about to go into today, uh, there's some really cool stuff here. So first off, I want to read uh, from John 1.1, and this is a verse where every, a lot of uh, Christian traditions go to and talk about, which is, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then it goes on to say, he was with God in the beginning, all things through him were made, without nothing Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Let me read that again. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing that was made has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came to witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light gives light to everyone was coming into the world. So uh, really awesome passage there that has really been twisted over the years to mean uh, what it needs to mean uh, to kind of create the systems of religion that we have. And and that's one of the big things I'm speaking um, about uh, lately is kind of my deconstruction process, which is... Uh, a really positive thing for me, and it, it's not a uh, upsetting thing. Um, it's taken me a long time to go, hey, okay, you are deconstructing, you are deprogramming from a life of being told things that are partially true, partially true. And so uh, I speak specifically about being raised in a uh, really, really evangelical uh, homeschool atmosphere uh, that was very... Um, how would I put this fundamentalist, uh, in a lot of ways, what's up, Jason? Welcome back, brother. Hope you're having an awesome morning. Um, and so that's kind of what I want to talk about as I talk about this, that, uh, Hey, it's okay. And if you're, if you're finding belief systems that don't serve you in your new path, that's okay. Like you don't have to be, um, at dis-ease over that. Um, and I'm telling myself that too, because, uh, this, this has been a long path of, you know, really trying to figure out what is true here. Um, and, and not just what is true, but what bears fruit. People can argue about the truth over and over and over and over. And you've, you'll find data over here for this data over here for that. To me, I'm more interested in how does it all fit together in a way that it bears fruit. Uh, and the way that it bears fruit is with this triune understanding of Elohim. And so I want to talk about Elohim, and I'm going to talk about the Word or Logos, who is fully present in Christ, fully present in Christ, um, and is within us, by the way, ready to wake up, ready to raise to new life uh, once that ego 
is is off the table is crucified has uh gone on to a better place if you will uh or been unalived uh and our ego is that thing that is our flesh it is that thing that says i need this so i'm gonna do that or uh, i need validation so i'm gonna um you know go and i'm gonna try to be the life of the party or whatever that is that is self-serving that is ego that is flesh uh, and I've never really understood that correlation until recently when I, my ego started to uh, kind of slip away a little bit. And um, when, the more I was willing to put that away and let that uh, die off, then uh, the more this logos was able to rise in me. And I still struggle with it. I'm not saying I'm like perfect here or anything. I'm not some kind of guru here. Uh, I'm just sharing my path with you because I really believe it will help you in yours. Uh, and so someone requests the other day to talk about the infinite father. Like they're like, Hey, I recognize that Yahweh of the old Testament is much different than this father that Jesus spoke of. And that's what I want to talk about today. That's where it gets difficult because we've been programmed over many, many years for a lot of us that Yahweh of the old Testament is the same father that Jesus was talking about. And guys, the evidence just is not there. If you actually read the Old Testament and you actually understand that the Bible is this amalgamation of belief systems, and yes, Christ fulfilled all of those prophecies, but he had to. He was buying us back from the old gods, from these extraterrestrial gods. Yes, I said it, extraterrestrial gods. What would be considered fallen angels? Fallen angels. I always say replace the word angel with extraterrestrial and somewhere in between that is the truth about what they really are. Uh, we have this modern understanding of like ETs and UFOs and all this stuff. And then back then they didn't have words for that. They understood them as messengers from from the gods, messengers from God, um, or even the gods. Um, and so we have a lot of these different mythologies around what these beings are who obviously and historically have visited our planet or at least been documented whether you believe they did did or not it's documented that they have visited our planet uh and user 97 says demons so extraterrestrials are not demons demons are spirits there is no mythology that corroborates the idea of demons being these physical beings like extraterrestrials a demon is the spirit of the unholy unions in enoch between the watchers or the extraterrestrials and the daughters of men, which one might consider to be a genetic manipulation to create a new race uh, of godlike people or what we would have called the demigods in Greek culture. Um, so uh, I'm just I'm sharing that because a lot of people come at this and they go aliens are demons and it's like guys no they're they're physical beings they are a higher consciousness than us and they can travel in and out of different realms um, and they use technology that we don't even understand uh, from all of my research now again I don't know anything here but I do that from the research I've done with all the mythologies I've studied and then all of the uh, reports of close encounters uh, that I have personally studied, it all makes sense and it all fits together. So, uh, somebody says, po uh, positivity with Chris says, how can I get started making UFO contact? Chris, I would love to help you. Um, I am beginning my journey with that too. 
Um, Dr. Stephen Greer, I talked about the other day, does a really cool, he's got an app called the CE5 app, Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind app. And all the info is on there. I honestly don't know anything about it. Um, it's something I'm interested. I, it's something I'm scared to do. Um, but I'm interested in it because all of the reports of that is like, nobody's ever had a bad experience with it when, when you do it through their method, um, which is, you know, approaching it in love and light and oneness. And you're only attracting those beings to you that are in that frequency. Uh, so it's really interesting. I think there were definitely angels or extraterrestrial UFOs around Christ when he walked the earth. Uh, we hear all these stories about the angels in the sky at his birth, you know, uh, these things were everywhere guys. And they still are. We've just, uh, we don't really know where to look for them. And we've created societies, uh, that definitely don't have the vibration that attracts them. You know, they're more attracted to natural energies like water, cave systems, uh, anything with natural resident resonance. Uh, and I'm not an expert on that, but again, just from my studying, everything that I've, uh, checked out that's that's where they're at so um but yeah uh i'm gonna go it alone uh my ce5 journey well good luck brother good luck i hope you uh let me know what you find out i mean um there's like there's not a group around where i am i'm in west texas so i've got to go up to colorado to find one i think is the closest one um nicole says like a log cabin uh yeah i mean a lot of people experience them out in the woods for sure you know uh, because you have a lot more natural energy out there. Um, and you know, in the cities you've got not only Wi-Fi's and stuff, but you've got all of the power lines and just a whole different vibrational mindset within a city than you do out in the country. So really interesting stuff. And I always say, what's the difference between a prophet in the old Testament and a farmer that experiences an ET and has some sort of telepathic transmission or has some sort of healing event or something like this? Uh, we call them crazy now and we question their story, yet we've got thousands of prophetic visions and things that were written down and experiences with angels or these extraterrestrial beings and all of these old scriptures. So to me, it's like, well, why do we, why do we elevate these, you know, these prophets of old, but the farmer, we call him crazy because, well, did he really see that? Well, what's in the water? Well, what's it, you know? So I'm just saying it's kind of a question of like, what's the difference between the guy uh, that's a farmer and the guy that's a prophet in the Old Testament? So uh, I don't think there's a big difference because I think it's still happening. We just call it something different because we've gotten so deep in the matrix uh, that it's easy to just kind of call that, you know, hooey or woo woo uh, and move on with our life and, and make sure that we stay in the comfort of our fleshly matrix uh, with all of the, the things that comfort us. So, so as we get into this idea of God, the father, God, the father is an entity, not a physical being. There is nowhere in the Bible where he's talked about as a physical being that I've been able to find. Um, and if you found it, please let me know. Uh, but I don't know. I have not found it. So every time the father is spoken of, especially by Christ, he's spoken of as a spirit. Uh, and Jesus said, the day will come when you must worship my father in spirit and in truth. Uh, a lot of people say that, you know, well, we had to worship him with sacrifices and stuff. Well, then because of Christ, we can now worship him in spirit and in truth. 
Um, and let me move closer. This darn green screen is really, really bugging me lately. I may have to get a legit green screen to put behind me. Um, so he talks about the father as spirit. And why is that important? Because you have to remember the Old Testament. We all have to remember this. The Old Testament is full of stories of people having to make physical sacrifices to an angry God to uh, satisfy him, to quell his thirst for blood. Um, and that God is responsible for the unalivings of millions of people, including children and animals. Uh, the most high God, God the Father, is a spirit, and he is nothing but love and oneness and opportunity and openness. Uh, and the Father that Christ spoke of is is totally different than the Old Testament God. And that's where a lot of people really want to stay away from, especially Christianity, uh, and not to, to talk ill of Christianity at all, but um, we are we have been trying for thousands of years to corroborate the God of the Old Testament into the God that Christ was talking about. And it just doesn't work. It, it really doesn't. And the more you read it from this perspective that Yahweh is an extraterrestrial entity uh, who has enslaved mankind and that Christ came to bring the truth about who the Father is in spirit and he was the fullness of that. Um, and then you look at Genesis 1 as the Elohim creation story uh, where everything was created and made good. Through what? Through the Word, who was there in the beginning. Everything was created through Him. The Word, the Son of God, the Logos. The Logos is the divine computation or the divine expression. So there's a very, very different understanding now when you start to put all that together. And how does this divine, infinite Father, uh, how does His character become real to us today if we are looking at the God of the Old Testament trying to justify all of that stuff, all of that stuff, and say, well, that's the same God. And then we've also stripped out the Divine Mother, which is just, personally, I mean, it's it's spiritual unaliving for us personally when we take away that beautiful interaction with a divine father, a divine mother, and then the product of that love, which is the Logos, the Son, the divine computation or expression, who was fully present in Christ. We see in the Buddhist text that I was reading the other day, fully present in the Buddha, the Buddha of light. Um, I haven't gotten into the whole Krishna and Horus thing a whole lot yet, but there's a lot of evidence that he was present in them as well. And then we say, well, no, it was one man and it was one time and he had to justify us to his father who was angry in the Old Testament. And now because he had a son, he's happy. That doesn't make any sense, guys. He's not flesh. He's not us. His heart doesn't change because he had a son. He is infinite and he is steady and he is pure. The original Trinity, father, mother, child. Absolutely, Kimberly. Absolutely. And that's what I've been trying to say for a while. And I get the heresy thing. I get the that's not biblical thing. All the stuff. And that's cool. That's fine. I'm used to it at this point. But it's father, mother, son, or child. And why did he keep saying you must become like a child to enter through into the kingdom? And the kingdom of God is within you. 
What message was Christ really trying to share with us? Because I guarantee you guys it was not the message that you hear out of 99.9% of the pulpits in America right now. That's just not the message that he brought. Because that message is trying to corroborate what happened in the Old Testament as a part of his father, as a part of his holy family. And then we don't even introduce the mothering Holy Spirit in it, by the way. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Start imagining in your head, in your mind, and in your heart, the Holy Spirit as a mother, and there's a paradigm shift for you right there. Just boom. Immediately you step from this Holy Spirit of confusion and then, you know, I've got the Holy Spirit now to like, okay, I've got this comfort now. I have this this urging and this, uh, this taking care of into the path of my life rather than, you know, this like, energy and so many people why is it that millions of people claim to have the holy spirit but none of them are in agreement none of them are in agreement ask yourself that question why do millions of people all around the world they say i have the holy spirit the holy spirit told me this they're not listening to the holy spirit guys i don't believe they are because the holy spirit is not this this warmonger that like all these people claim it to be because if you understand the true holy spirit it's it's a mother she is a mother. She is a wisdom. You hear about Lady Wisdom all through the Bible, and then you hear about the Holy Spirit. And there's some texts that I found, and I'm really looking forward to reading into these, but it's called Gospel of the Hebrews. Um, and let's see, it was printed in 1982. Um it's a uh, original translation of the New Testament Apocrypha. So I'm not exactly sure where all of this comes from, but there is a verse in it. It says, um, and if any, well, the, the details on it, it says, if any accept the gospel of the Hebrews, here the Savior says. So this is claiming that Christ said this. It says, even so did my mother, the Holy Spirit, take me by one of my hairs and carry me away to the great mountain Tabor. So really interesting. I can't figure out, I can't find this in like a, a text and I don't know if it's from the Apocrypha or what. I've found a few details on it. But we also know that the Holy Spirit in uh, some of the original translations was a feminine word used to describe the Holy Spirit, uh, especially in Hebrew, the, the Ruach, the Spirit. Uh, and then it's Numa in Greek, which Numa, I believe, is neutral, if I'm correct. Um, so anyway, really interesting stuff here. And I'm not telling you, I know, and this is exactly it, but I'm telling you, think about it. Think about it. Research it. Ask for it. Will our Father give us a stone if we ask for a loaf of bread? No, ask for understanding. Ask for this. Uh, Shaman says, dopest guy on TikTok. He's speaking truth 1111, or 111. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh, my mind is blown right now. I have so many questions, so confused now. Nicole, ask away if you have questions and, and keep coming back. This community is open-minded. Um, and we really like to try to find answers here. Like, this is not just... Uh, we are finding answers, which is really interesting. But again, I don't like to come at it 
the biggest thing I dislike is when people come in the comments and they say, this is this, and this is this. And if you knew this, this would blah, blah, blah. And I just don't like those matter of a fact type people and type comments. And I don't like to make them myself because it cannot be truth unless you adopt it as truth and nobody can tell you that it's truth. Truth is experienced and truth bears fruit. And that's the only way I can tell you that I like this concept because it's born fruit in my life. Uh, George says, check out the Holy Orthodox Church concerning the Holy Mother of God. Interesting. I will have to check that out. Um, I wondered home says, bro, you helped me make all the pieces for, uh, appreciate you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, Jay says your live stream is amazing. God bless you. Thank you very much, Jay. I appreciate that. Um, Annie Logan says it is a quick way to turn people away too. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, especially that matter of fact, uh, you know, I know this is truth. I have some people come in the comments and, and claim the weirdest things, the weirdest things. Maybe they know something I don't. I mean, that's cool. I, I'm not saying they don't, but it's the approach that just doesn't work. You know, people don't, uh, what we're in the, the age of fact checking anyway. Right. And you can, you can get somebody on both sides of the fence on that, that can prove their point of view with just as much data as the other one. And so, yeah, it's the tone, Annie, absolutely, the tone, the tone. You can almost see the scowl on their face, you know, that that kind of egotistical, like, I know, and you people don't understand, you know. And so that's that's where it's like, we've got to have a tone that's different, guys. And it's a tone for our life, too. It's a frequency for our life and a vibration or a tonality in our life. And what is the Son of God? The Son of God is the Logos, the divine computation or expression, which inherently means that you have the Son of God in you. And that in Christ, that Son of God was born fully and fully walked in him. There's a whole theory that I'm going to get into when I learn more about it. Uh, I think it's David Vos over on YouTube was talking about it too. Christ coming out of Egypt. And then he was actually... Uh, the son of Cleopatra, that Jesus was the son of Cleopatra and was given to Mary and Joseph because there was a bunch of war going on in Egypt. And so he had to be given to them and they fostered him and raised him. In those missing years of Christ, he went back to Egypt to visit his biological mother and then he went uh, out and he went into India uh, he went and studied under these Eastern philosophies. And you can see that when you read his teaching and really look at, like, what did Jesus say? And that's what I'm more interested in than anything, is what did Christ say about it? Because we've got, we say, well, no, Romans dot, dot, dot says this. Well, Hebrews says this. Well, this uh, Guys, none of that's the words of Christ. That's someone's interpretation of it. And we've got to get over this idea that the word of God is the Bible and that it's infallible and rather start to understand what do the stories in it mean and what did the Christ say? What did the Christ say? Because he said something different about his father. He said something different about the kingdom of God. He said something different about who you are. And he brought back this, by all intents and purposes, a very Eastern philosophy back to these people and said, by the way, I've fulfilled all these prophecies. And by the way, I bought you back from the old gods. 
you're doing everything in the flesh and I'm going to teach you to do it in the spirit because there is a spirit that transcends. You're a part of it. You're a part of the divine mind and this infinite father. And if you look at the Holy Spirit, this is really interesting. This is a verse that will blow your mind if you read it in this way after what I just talked about. This is Matthew 1.18. This is about Mary getting pregnant. almost spilled my coffee there. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. And Christ right there is from Strong's 5547, which is Christo, which means anointed one, the Messiah, the Christ, from Creo, meaning anointed one. So again, it is not his last name, like we've tried to make it. It's a title. A title, by the way, he came to give to us. Because he said, I will make you sons and daughters of the Most High God. Sons and daughters. Yet we call him the Son of God, and he called us the Son of God. And he called himself the Son of Man. Do you see that dichotomy? He came in the flesh to show us that we are, in spirit, the sons and daughters of the Most High. Boom. Now check this out. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged in marriage to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. And I've heard a lot of pastors say, the Holy Spirit got her pregnant. Well, that's kind of weird. And then you go there in your head and you think, okay, an angel came to her and it was like this extraterrestrial and then there was like this genetic thing and then now she's pregnant and all this stuff. But might it have been, might it have been that the Divine Mother, the Holy Spirit, the Divine Mother came to her and she was found to be with child and that child was imbued with that spirit? Just a possibility. You got to make up your own opinion on it. But the word here for spirit is pneumatos, which is wind, breath, or spirit. And the word through here is ek, Strong's 1537, from out of, out from among, suggesting from the interior inwards. And that's what it means that she was found to be with child through. She was found to be with child from out of, from among or from the interior outwards. That sounds different than from the outward in, right? Like, oh, she was now pregnant within. It's like she, that came from within. And this is all spiritual stuff, guys. This is all like a whole, yes, I'm loving the comments today too, Annie. Uh, Jesus love you, Tondo says. Absolutely, he loves all of us. He's in all of us too. And by the way, we can be the Christ as well. Doesn't mean that I'm perfect. I haven't been born and had that perfection and the fullness of God in me ever since I was a child. But I'm definitely finding it now. And you guys are too. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful when you see this consciousness being born. This Christ consciousness somebody said a minute ago. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, the crown chakra. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, if you study chakras at all, you've got this lower one. That's this fleshly, like animalistic desire, like all of those things in the lower chakra. 
And as you move up, you've got the crown chakra, uh, which is your higher consciousness. It is that love and enlightenment, that ascension, that desire to transcend the flesh. Uh, whoa, Cristo is Christ in Spanish. The translation of my Spanish prayers are mind blowing right now. Oh, dude. Interesting. Interesting. Casey says, I didn't know that. I don't speak Spanish at all. So, uh, that's really interesting though. Yeah. Cause that's, you know, here in the Greek is, uh, is that Cristo. So super interesting. And, um, let me find it again. There it is. Where'd it go? Okay. Um, be with child through the Holy Spirit. Yeah. C H R I S T O U. Uh, and, and I hope that's how you say it. Uh, let me look at the phonetic spelling real quick, actually. Um, K H R I S T O S Christos. Yeah. So Christos, um, man, it's, it's mind blowing guys. And if you look at Creo, which is K-H-R-E-E-O, Creo, means I anoint, consecrate by anointing. And what did Christ come to do? He came to anoint. Why would he anoint? What would he be anointing from? He's anointing us into a family, into a divine family. And that's what I, I want all of us to start understanding because we have no idea what we're talking about when we take the feminine out of the holy family because we don't understand what it means to be adopted into the family especially the ladies out there i know you guys you gals i know you've struggled with the whole masculine pantheon here that we've built and it's just because it's been hidden from us but she is there lady wisdom is there and the feminine holy spirit is there can i prove this to you no but I truly believe, ladies, start praying in that way. Send the mother spirit to me, Father. Send the mother spirit to me. I need that hug of the mother today. I need that comforting. I need that enlightenment. I need that wisdom. And guys, you too. You too. Uh, somebody said the Anunnaki are literally our gods. Um yeah, and so if you look at Inky and Enlil, Enlil was actually originally Elil, L, okay? Inky is, and I'm going to get into that. I'm I'm learning, so I don't like to talk too much about it because I don't understand all of it. But Elil is basically El Elyon, and Inky is basically Satan, um, and or what you might consider Yahweh in the Old Testament. Uh, and I know that's heresy for me to even say that it's blasphemy. Uh, but if you look at that pantheon, the Anunnaki pantheon, or you go back to the Sumerian El deity, El, uh, other names for El is El Elyon, El Shaddai, El Alam, Adon Lalim, Toru El. Why Toru? Because Toru Taurus, the symbol of this God, this most high God is the bull. The consort of El Elyon, which is king of the gods, okay? King of the gods. The region from, comes from Canaan, uh, Levant, and Antolia. And his consort or wife is Asherah, okay? Why did Yahweh hate Asherah? He hated Asher poles. 
Uh, there's a ton of Old Testament verses about, you know, if an Asher pole's found among you and all this horrible stuff. Um, and then why would he have been angry when the Israelites were worshiping a golden cow or bull or calf, depending on what translation you look at? What did the bull uh, what did the bull uh, represent? L, the God of gods, the king of gods, the one true God. And you say, no, that was Baal. They were worshiping Baal. Okay, well, that's fine. I mean, that's one interpretation of it. But I'm saying whether I'm right or not, it definitely starts to add up when you look at Asherah. Yahweh hated the Asher pole, and he certainly hated that they were worshiping this golden bull or calf, which if you look at Wikipedia, you can look up L, the deity, and go to L, and you see the king of gods. You see a golden statue here. And then you look at the symbol. The symbol is the bull. You go look up the bull, and you can look at bull statues, golden bull statues. Like it, again, it all makes sense. It all starts to make sense. And you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Age of Taurus, absolutely. Samaria is Mesopotamia, absolutely. Uh, I just looked at that 20 minutes ago. Shaman says, that's crazy. Synchronization is heavy. Awesome, awesome. That's that's when it starts happening too, guys. Uh, you start seeing these numbers everywhere. You start like uh, kind of breaking out of the matrix. And all this stuff makes sense. And you do see the feminine Holy Spirit. You do see a divine, all-seeing, conscious God that is in all of creation and you start to understand that the sun is not just a person that landed on the planet, but he's in all of us because we're a part of that family. And anytime we exercise that divine love, the oneness, the unity, the synchronicity, and the service to our fellow man over ourselves, and that actual pouring out, realizing that we're infinite beings and we're a part of the mind of God, everything that we manifest through the mind of God is real and concrete. We manifest in the spirit first and then Yes, we can see it in the physical world, but you got plenty of cabals around the world that try to do stuff in the physical world to get what they want in the physical world. And they use things like sorcery and all the stuff. It gets really dark really quick when you look into that. But Jesus came and he taught true magic. True magic is the kingdom within. He taught us how to manifest in the spirit and speak with the father and be comforted by the mother and be a part of the divine family. It's crazy, guys. It's crazy when we strip away thousands of years of this indoctrinating theology uh, because you had Rome that really wanted to direct things. And then you get to uh, England and you get to, I mean, you have like so many edits of this, guys. It's just unreal. If you've ever played that game where you sit in a circle and the first person whispers in the ear of the second person and it says, uh, they say the frog is on the roof and then you go around and, and you go, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 people down the line. And the final word is we need to go get coffee today because the dog is on the roof or whatever. And it, and it, it makes a little bit of sense, but you have to really think back to what did that first person experience? Jesus said that Satan is the God of this 3D material world. Absolutely. And if you look at Yahweh in the Old Testament, he blessed with land. He blessed with cattle. He also took that blessing and consumed it for himself. He was also angry. He unalived people. And he definitely 
uh, was very proud and continued to say how he was the God of this world. Pretty interesting stuff, guys. Satan, Saturn. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So somebody said more about, um, Elil or Enlil, Inky and Enlil, uh, Anunnaki versus Atlanteans. I don't understand all that yet, but I promise you guys, I'm, I'm working on more research with this. Uh, and we are going to be opening up the zoom group really soon where we can do this research together. That's going to be, uh, one way you guys can help support what I'm doing here. Um, and there's also going to be, I think I'm going to attach it to it an academy uh, where I'm going to teach how I find all this stuff, uh, how to approach it mentally, how to approach it with a larger mind, how to use all of this information to manifest in the spirit versus in the physical. Um, and I'm going to just start teaching everything that I know. Um, and I'm not saying that I know anything that anyone else doesn't, but I've certainly have the time at least to sit here and put it together and so we've decided, I believe, that we're going to combine the Academy and the Zoom group into one membership. Um, and that's going to be the best way to support what we're doing here. Um, so I will have more on that soon. But it's going to be interesting because uh, I think we'll find a lot of cool stuff together that way. So uh, thank you guys for the follows. God bless you guys. Uh, Satan was the God of their world. Yes, Michael, absolutely. Definitely was definitely, even though they, they didn't know he was, they didn't know he was. That's the thing. You know, they didn't have a clue. Uh, they altered our DNA and I'm not sure they deserve the full credit for creation. So yeah, that's the thing. You know, you have Inky and Enlil, and again, I'm going to get more into that, but you have, um, the creation story and the maker story. We even have it in Genesis Genesis 1, and I've read it before on several episodes. Genesis 1 is a creation by Elohim, that father, mother, son. Uh, and Genesis 2 is a maker story where Yahweh Elohim, who's called out in the original text as Yahweh Elohim, um, he is the one that makes. He makes out of the beautiful creation, and it never says that that creation was good. He took the dirt he, he molded it and he breathed life into it. Yet we are told that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And the word was God. And nothing was created that the word was that is not created through the word. Let me read that exactly. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. So that's in the beginning, the original beginning. Like all things have this in it. Even the maker God that may have fashioned this physical realm that we're in, Christ is still showing through. The light, the Buddha of light, the Krishna, whatever you want to call him. I don't care what you call him. It's all the same thing. It is his identity as the light and the love, the product of the divine father and the divine mother. And so I named this one, who is the infinite father? And if that gives you any idea of how duped we've been since the beginning, when you have created beings like extraterrestrials who are far more advanced than us, that are called angels in some texts, they're called sons of God in others. They're called the gods in some, and they created demigods or giants in a lot of different texts. 
they certainly have manipulated us or downgraded our genetic so that we couldn't see God clearly and that we were blinded to what's really going on. I don't know how, to me, I'm already shifting into this 5D earth that everybody talks about. Because rather than just seeing things physically, I'm starting to see their spiritual representations. I start to see what they're really for. I start to see God and creation a lot more. And I don't think it's so much about actually the physical creation has to go away so much as the more enlightened you are, a lot of people say, you know, you receive these light codes from the sun and, you know, God upgrades your DNA and all the stuff. And I don't, I don't know. I don't have any proof of that, but I certainly have felt it in my life where I feel like the more I seek the spirit, the more upgraded I am and I am not living in this physical realm anymore. I'm here, but I'm seeing God. I see the rainbows. I saw the butterflies. I see the serendipity. I see the synchronicity, I start to see all this stuff. When I step in to the frequency of love, to the sun, when I become the sun daily. Uh, And he says, I bet uh, everyone in here that believes has a touch of ADHD. I know I do. I know I do. Sometimes worse than others. Uh, And they will be false prophets. Could this be one? Could I be a false prophet? Sure, I could be. Uh, Joe Moody. Okay, let me go back in your comments, Joe Moody. That may not have been towards me, but uh, I have a question. I'm Baptist. Okay, Southern Baptist. Uh, question, is uh, is God said, do not add or take away from his word? Yeah. Okay, so um, let me look that up because I'm a big fan of looking it up so that I know. Do not add or take away in the King James version. Let's see. Okay. So that's in revelation. So that gives us a good clue as to what that's about. Uh, you shall not add unto the word, which I command you, neither shall you diminish aught from it that you may keep the commandments of the Lord, your God, which I command you. Uh, that's in Deuteronomy there. And then there's a revelation counterpart, which would take us. So if you, if we look at, let's look in Deuteronomy real quick. Cause I'm 99% sure this is Yahweh talking, but let's look. Okay. Okay, so we're going to go to Deuteronomy 4.1. This is how I research, guys, and I'm going to teach more of this. So, hear now, O Israel, the statutes and ordinances I am teaching you to follow so that you may live, uh, that you may live, enter and take possession of the land that I, the Lord, Yahweh, yes, Strong's 3068, the proper name of the God of Israel. The God of your fathers is giving you. Okay, so that's in correlation to that verse. Now we're going to look up Revelation twenty-two eighteen, which should be the corresponding one. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him all the plagues written in this book. So... I am not an expert on Revelation, but obviously he's referencing that verse in Deuteronomy, which was obviously a Yahwehist 
uh, belief system. I mean, you even look like he's given these rules and doctrines already, you know, and if you don't abide by them, then you won't live. Um, and then we get to revelation and he's talking, you know, don't take away from these and don't add to them. Uh, and so never does it say the word of God. It just says these words. So meaning that these words are preserved in revelation and they've been preserved in Deuteronomy. So that's, that's what we can infer from that. Uh, if you want to extrapolate that across every piece of scripture, you can, but then you run into a lot of problems because you see that it's been changed. You also see that revelation's been changed. I mean, that's just, that's just the nature of it. Uh, and revelation, a lot of people say, so there's the preterism view, which is considered, Hey, revelation already happened. It was for them. Then if it weren't, then it was a lie because, the things that was talked about were directly for them there. And there were promises in there that were supposed to be fulfilled within that lifetime. And then you have people that say, well, it didn't really meant lifetime. It meant ages. And we're still, now we're in this age. Here's the way I look at it. I look at a universal cyclical idea of prophecy. I think those words happened. I think there was a battle in the sky. I think Christ came from his divine uh, unity as he had an upgraded body at that point. It says people didn't recognize him. I think he went to another realm, uh, a realm that is paradise, that is beauty and technology, harmony, love with one another, an actual heavenly realm, traveling the cosmos through these crafts and understanding and being connected to your divine spiritual family now being able to live that fully in a body that's not flesh-based or dirt or carbon-based, but actually maybe a different type of makeup where you can fully transcend, you can astral walk, you can completely be at one with the Elohim, with Father, Mother, and the Logos being fully present in each of us once we're upgraded to that. That's kind of my view of it and that what we see in Revelation, why is it still playing out now? Because it's always going to play out. It's going to play out until every person ascends, and it's going to keep scaling. Um, and we may have an iteration of it now. We may have another iteration in 100 years. I think there's cycles, and it. it's like 70-year cycles, I think. Um, and so a lot of this stuff you can all you can actually look at and say, oh, that, that happened. They already had a mark back then. They already had the beast system they already had that's why you can look and find evidence and see that the beast system's been here ever since like the garden like as soon as we were sent out we had to work the land we had to have monetary systems we had to have all this stuff the beast system was already there so that's my interpretation but again it's an interpretation you have to have your own but maybe that sheds a little light on it from some people that are confused on did it happen is it going to happen I think the answer is yes and yes. So the Bible is always re relevant and on point every time and age. Amen. Very good. Very good. Uh, who was battling in the sky? So uh, Salazar, great question. That would go back to the ancient uh, Inki and Enlil, uh, the uh, Anunnaki races and the different, um, and I don't understand all of the extraterrestrial races and exactly which one Christ was, but I know Inki and Enlil, one was the full son of uh, the Godhead, and then one was only the half son of the Godhead. So it's really interesting. Um, Kim Hicks says, Lucifer, Satan, devil, dragon, beast. 
That's true with Satan, devil, dragon, beast. But Lucifer is interesting because there's a lot of evidence that points to Lucifer, the light bearer, actually being Christ. Because if you look at the Lucifer idea in contrast to Yahweh and Lucifer standing against Yahweh, then you see, and then you actually believe that Christ was standing against Yahweh and bringing us to his divine father, then it makes a whole lot more sense. And I'm going to do a whole study on that. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm not saying that's, but I'm just saying it's worth looking into and it's really, really interesting. So, uh, I had a daughter named, uh, Lucia. Oh, awesome. Awesome. And I'm all about bringing the light guys. You know, we've, we've demonized that for how long? What, what's the perfect deception? We'll say that, Oh, well, Satan masquerades as an angel of light, you know? And so, well, any, anything that looks good and like, it's, it's going to help enlighten humanity and bring people together in love and light and oneness. Well, that's gotta be Luciferian. There's this whole movement going around right now. And I'm just saying, test every spirit guys, be aware of all of that stuff. Uh, don't fall victim to fear. Fear is like fear will take everything we're learning here, everything we're doing to ascend and build a beautiful community here, and it will crush it. And I have to remind myself that. And if you're ever running into doctrine that's fear-based, run from it. Run from it. There's no fruit there. There's no fruit there. Christ didn't say a single word about being afraid of that father. Seeds of doubt. Absolutely, Annie. Absolutely. So anyway, I love you guys. I think this is a great place to stop. I don't want to like, you know, overbeat this drum today, but I think it's a great jumping off point we can all talk about. If you want to support the ministry, I got this shirt on here. This is the uh Christ prayer portal and this is just uh Christ with a robe on sitting praying in front of opening a, an, a portal, an interdimensional portal. Um, I think it's beautiful. It was one of my first designs. I still have it on the website. It's over at cubcooker.me under the merch tab, cubcooker.me. It's one of the number one ways you can support this ministry. We also have some $30 shirts on there now that are graphic tees with some super cool designs. I'm dropping even more designs today on there. So go check it out. Dope design bro. Shaman says, thank you so much. So the premium shirts are 70 bucks. Um, you can use the code ship free S H I P F R E E at checkout to get free shipping on your whole order. I love you guys. Thanks for your support. I'm going to be back here this afternoon and we're going to talk more about this stuff and we're going to keep reading through Enoch. So don't miss this afternoon. Nicole says way cool. Thank you. And then I'll have more information as we go forward on the new zoom group in the Academy. So we can all start studying this stuff together, looking at all of these mythologies and start to practice authentic spirituality, the way Christ taught it, the way the Buddha taught it, the way uh, all of these ascended masters, the way the logos of God within each of us desires us to connect to source. I love you guys. Peace. Have an awesome, awesome afternoon. 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. I'll see you guys.